turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. It says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Notice you and I are the ones that do the laying aside of the weight. And the sin, so then again, it's us laying aside the sin, which does so easily beset or entangle us or trip us up. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So there are reasons that people don't finish their course. There are reasons that people are not going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And so we're looking at those reasons just because uh, I know you're here on a Wednesday night. So that tells me that you're all interested in finishing your course, that this kind of teaching um, is what you like because it's meat and it helps you. And then also you can help other people with it because there is a frustration among people, especially today, uh, I believe because the judgment seat is getting obviously closer and closer. I said, I believe the judgment seat is getting closer and closer. Um, everybody has, that's a born-again believer must stand before it. And then I also see the enemy and the things that have happened over the last three years. I see people pulling away unto themselves and then not really obeying what God has called them to do in the name of family time, in the name of I got to find myself, I got to identify myself. And, and I'm watching the enemy uh, take some things away. Because, listen, uh, if once you're born again, I'm not going to get into the semantics of it, but once you're born again, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, the devil's not going to be able to keep you out of heaven. I said the devil's not going to keep you out of heaven. Are you going? I said, are you going? Is your name written down? You're on your way. So what the devil has left with you and I is mess up your course. Mess up your destiny. Now, don't raise your hand in here, uh, but, you know, uh, has the devil ever been successful in getting you off course for a season of time? And what his goal was to keep you off course forever so that you wouldn't hear well done. And plus, when you're off course, you remember when Peter said, I go a fishing? Who did he take with him? Everybody. Why? He was the go-to leader. Even though he was the big mouth, he was also the leader. And when he said, I go a-fishing, they said, we go a-with you. Right? So listen, I believe you Wednesday night people are influencers. And so don't think it's strange when the devil would love to get you off course because he would love to get those that you know that are around you and those that your future going to meet, he, he wants to prevent you from helping them get on course. I wish everybody would listen to this message. I wish everybody would get this. A lot of times this message is set aside for ministers. And I do minister this to ministers. But uh, 95 to 97% of the body of Christ are not five-fold ministers. And therefore, everybody's going to have to stand in front of the judgment seat of Christ. So your career falls into this. Your business falls into this. Your family falls into this. And also your recreation. Whatever you do, everything you do, you and I are to do it unto the Lord. You don't have two lives. You don't have a sacred life and a secular life. You've got one. 
And everything falls under this. And so everything we do is unto the Lord. And so the enemy, in your, he would love to get you and I off course. When you were in your mother's womb, before you did anything right or wrong, he had a plan for you. And it was a glorious plan. It was a prearranged plan. And it was a good plan of exceeding greatness and abundance. And God has that for you. Are you grateful for that? And so now the writer of Hebrews is saying to us by the Holy Ghost, you got to lay aside every weight. you got to get rid of every sin which besets you. Or the picture you get is a rope around your legs tripping you up. So that you cannot finish your course, the race that is set before you. And then, um, just for fun, it says then one of the ways to keep that from happening is to look unto Jesus. And we're going to look at some of the ways, uh, uh, also those things. I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians. I want to remind you of this one. Um, 1 Corinthians. Now this one is about Paul the minister. But again, it, it applies to everybody. But in his, in his walk with God, he said this, <clears throat> um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, everybody good? Uh, it said in verse 25, uh, verse 24, yeah, let's start verse 24. Know you not that you which run in a race run all. Everybody say, I'm running. What are you running? A race. Is everybody running it? Are you running it? Or are you sitting on the sideline? Can I run your race for you? Can you run your race for me? Can your spouse run your race? Can your mama run your race? Nobody can run your race. You are, you tag, you are it. You are in the race. When you said, I believe in Jesus, whether you knew it or not, you signed up for a race. And you're running. Or you're not running. You should be running. Hallelujah. But one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain the prize. What's the prize? It's that at the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. And that every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to get a, a gold medal, uh, you know, back in the day, a wreath, a crown. But we do it for something that's eternal. So it's saying you're going to get a crown. I therefore so run, not uncertainly so fight I, not as one who beats the air. But I keep my body under. Where does sin happen? Because of the lust of your flesh, because of the lust of my flesh. When I sin, it's because of the lust of my flesh. Lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. A lot of your new modern translations say disqualified, but I like castaways better. He's not disqualified, he's not disqualified from going to heaven. He's just becoming a castaway. A castaway is someone who um, is, is, is not receiving all that God has for him. It's, it's like the picture you get is he was doing his race, and then he was cast off to the side, and he's no longer going to be able to receive all the crowns that were available for him. I don't want to be a castaway. I don't want to be pushed to the side. Do you want to be pushed to the side? And the more you want that, I get it, the devil opposes it. And I feel some opposition to this message. Because if I can get a handful of you at least, I hope, hopefully there's more of you, but if I can get a handful of you to get really serious about your race, if I can get you really serious about doing whatever it is God has asked you to do, it would change a whole lot of things. If you would put God number one in your life for real, for real, not lip service, for real. Now I'm talking to Wednesday night folk. You all want to do this or you wouldn't be in this room. But in every area of your life, 
Your business, I do it under the Lord. My career, I do it under the Lord. How I raise my children, I check in with the Lord. Hallelujah. Where I go, where I don't go, who I hang with, who I don't hang with, who I listen to, who I don't listen to, what I watch, what I don't watch. All that stuff I'm bringing under the subjection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I do that, Jesus is Lord, and it's a form of keeping my body under. It's it's part of running my race so I can obtain the crown. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Am I talking to the right people? Then we left off with you and me. We were talking about these words. Um, Don't let it rain. King rain. Not don't let it rain. He said, don't let sin reign in your mortal body. Don't yield to it. We're going to go back and look at some of these. Present your bodies. Suffer. Uh Uh-oh. Cleanse yourself. Abstain. Mortify. Make no provision. Don't fulfill. And my favorite one that I hope to get to, cut the suckers loose. Is Iris here? Is Iris here? Not here tonight. Iris gave me a tape so many years ago. And it was by Bridget Hilliard. And there was one line. Have you ever had a a message get stamped on you? She just said it. I mean, she was preaching. Girl, she was preaching. And um, she was at... uh, as uh, conference and, and Iris went to it. But she just said one thing, but for me, it, it revolutionized my life. Cut the suckers loose. And we'll get to it. So you just hang on. I'm not going to explain it to him right now. It's because some of you have never heard me say that before. And you think, he's, he's not talking real nice in church. But you need to learn how to cut the suckers loose. Hallelujah. So we're not going to let sin reign. Now, I know most of you have already read my daily breads, but I'm going to take this because what I've been doing and some of this is going to my daily breads, and I kind of want to look at some of this stuff. So I want to remind you just so we get flowing again because it's real important because you're not the only ones getting this. Um, I am turning this into a book. And um, so that means the people in Chile will get it. Uh, it'll be in Spanish. So it's important. I need you to believe God with me for utterance because I don't know everything that I need to know. The book I'm currently writing on, Doris is helping me. When I was in Chile, a couple uh, not this last time, but the time before, I taught on grace. And I had such utterance. I was saying things by the Holy Ghost that I had never said before in my life. And, of course, it was scriptural. But I was like in awe. But, see, the Holy Ghost is the teacher. I'm, I'm just trying to yield. But you can help me get out some things that are in my heart that I've never been able to articulate before that will help you in this present moment, will help me, and then will help a whole lot of people. So the first thing is don't let sin reign in your mortal body. So we get this, added, we get this idea. When you think of the word reign, you should immediately think of the kingdom, kingdom of God. So that word reign there is kingdom talk. That, langu- uh, th- that is the language given us so we can think kingdom. It is... About uh, who uh, it is about who and what you're going to let reign in your mortal body. So um, you're going to have to, you and I have to decide what is going to reign. Is it the lust of my flesh going to reign, or is it Jesus going to reign? Who's in? Char- who's reigning? 
Who's in charge of my body? Who's in charge of my life? So we have to decide, is, is the body in charge or is Jesus in charge? The Bible tells us to take dominion. Uh, and, and then when we take dominion, that we will rule and reign in this life by one Jesus Christ. That's not just spiritual. I think sometimes we have to watch that we don't just think about our spirits reigning. Your spirit is supposed to reign, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions are supposed to reign, and your body is supposed to reign in this life. You know, you got to be very careful when it comes to talking about your body. I'm probably going to jump right ahead. Here we go. You're helping me out. Uh, your body. you, you got to be careful how you talk about your body, this old thing. Um, I'll be glad when I get rid of it when I go to heaven. You ain't getting rid of it. you got this for all of eternity. No, I'm getting a new one. No, you're getting a redone one. It's still you. No, I, I want a new one. Too bad. You don't get a new one. No, it's, this is your, the dead in Christ will rise. Yeah, hopefully we're all looking like we're 22 in the best. Even if we were never in the best shape of our life, I'm expecting to have a few more muscles and all that kind of stuff. I really would like that for all of eternity. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. All I just know is, but how you talk about yourself. How, this is your body. I, don't disdain it. Don't make fun of it. Don't make light of it. Don't belittle it and don't let other people do it. Well, I'm just going to do it so they don't do it. Well, that's really bad of you. Don't do it. It's very, it's very bad for your faith. It's very bad for you uh, reigning in this life. Praise the Lord. Okay, hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. So um, we, you and I know, remember that uh, who's, who's reigning. Remember, uh, Jesus is reigning in our life, and we have to let grace reign in our life. Remember what the Lord told Paul? My grace is sufficient for you. So how, what do we do in order to subdue our flesh? We, we let grace reign, all right? So number one, then, in Romans 6, 12, let, therefore sin not, uh, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey the lust of it. Say, sin, I would say, sin, sin. will not reign, cannot reign, is not allowed to reign in my mortal body. I will not, I will not obey the lust thereof. Who's reigning in your mortal body? Well, not sin. Who's reigning in your mortal body? Jesus. What's reigning in your mortal body? Grace. What's reigning in your mortal body? The Word of God. Amen? And then Romans 6.13, right below it. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members of instruments of righteousness. So we have the choice of who we yield to. We have the choice. You have a choice. You want you, in, in, in your spirit, you can either yield to the Holy Ghost or you can yield to the devil. Let's ask Peter. You're the son of God. What did Jesus say? Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. Then what did he say? Uh, Jesus said, I'm going to the cross. And Peter said, no, you're not. I won't let you. And then what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. One second he's yielding to the Holy Ghost. Another second, Jesus said he yielded to the devil. Peter, and then so you can yield in your flesh to either God or you can yield it to the lust or to the devil. Are you all with me? And so it's up to you where you yield. So we have a choice. 
In your car, you can yield to somebody else coming. Up in our neighborhood, we have a roundabout. Do y'all have a roundabout? Have you been up to our neighborhood where there's a roundabout? It's a lot of fun. I didn't think it was a good idea, but it's a good idea because I am an aggressive driver, and I'm watching everybody, and so um, I don't have to wait for people hardly anymore. I can just get going. Hallelujah. But I know how to yield. You have to learn how to yield. That's the whole point of the roundabout is you got to be a good yielder. If you're not a good yielder, you're going to clog up my roundabout. And there are some people who get in there and they're like, they're stopping at everything thinking, but you don't have to yield there. That's not not who you yield to. That's not who you yield to. Whoever's in the roundabout, you in charge. Hallelujah. Right? But everybody else has got to learn when and who to yield to. And if everybody knows who to yield to, it moves very quick. It has cut down our commute 15 minutes almost and, 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 and frustrated people. And there's no more horns honking. Hallelujah. I thought it was a horrible idea, and I almost wrote them and said, I don't know who's thinking about this. It'll never work. Now I want to write them and say, that's the best idea I've ever seen. Good job. Hallelujah. Make them everywhere. Hallelujah. But anyway, it's about yielding. You understand? It's about yielding. You have a choice who you yield to. I have a choice who I yield to. And I'd love to stand up here and tell you that I yield 100% perfectly to the things of God. But I have a flesh just like you do. And it doesn't always happen. Don't look at me in that tone of voice because we can compare. Hallelujah. But the truth of the matter is we all have to deal with yielding all day long, uh, seven days a week. Right? So we're not going to yield. So we're not supposed to And how does it work? We're not to yield our instruments. Remember, we looked at this. What are your instruments? Your hands, your eyes, your ears, your feet, your body. Those are the instruments. So instead of you can yield these instruments to the lust of your flesh or you can yield them to God. In other words, another way to stop the lust of your flesh is what you on purpose yield these to. So you're tempted to do something with your hands. Do this. You're tempted to do something with your mouth. I bless the Lord, oh my soul. I bless you, Lord. I thank you for your goodness. The law of kindness is written on my tongue right now. Write it, Lord. Write it, Lord. Write it, Lord. I mean, whatever you got to do, you yield. And you determine who and what you yield to. And if you found yourself, the, the, your flesh has taken over, that meant you yielded to your, the lusts of your flesh and probably a demon Probably the devil, because once he sees you, that you're, you're yielding to your flesh, he just jumps on. Because remember, he comes to entice, he comes to tempt you, where? With what? The lust of your flesh. But you don't have to conceive. I said, you don't have to conceive. So what are we supposed to do? Everybody say this, I will, I will. yield my instruments, my hands, my feet, my eyes, my ears as instruments of righteousness. Amen. We have a choice. Right? We looked at that. We're just reviewing a little bit. Number three, present. So what is Romans 12, 1 and 2 says? Present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your, it's your reasonable service. Holy, acceptable unto God. And be not conformed. To this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. But we, so, how do how do we um, how do what are we talking about? We're talking about running our race. 
What trips us up? Weights and the sin that does so easily beset us. So to ignore talking about sin, which everybody really loves to do now in the church. And I know we do it around here too. Sometimes we say, well, you miss it. Or, you know, you made a mistake. But I have found really if you call it sin, y'all good? I'm under grace. Aren't you glad? But under grace teaches you not to sin. That's what the scripture says. It teaches you not to sin. That means the temptation is still there to sin. That means you still can sin. It doesn't mean that all your future sins that you're thinking about, that you're now free because you're not under the law, that you can do and just get away with, you'd be wrong because the wages of sin is still death. Not physical death, but death to something. Amen. Help me out, everybody. And, be, and so, but what are we, verse 1 again? Be, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. In other words, I beg you. I entreat you. Can, can I have your attention, please? That's what it's talking about. Brethren, for the mercy of God's sake, that you present your body, present it to the Lord. Lord, this is, my, this, is, this is my house that I live in, and I present it to you. I, and what are you doing? This is your body. I said, this is your body. This is your body. And, and you, and, and uh, yeah, it would be good. Yeah, would that be good? I think that's good right there. Hallelujah. Um, yeah, well, okay. Uh I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice acceptable to God. How many of you know 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 6, 19 says what? This body is what? The temple. Everybody say, I am the temple. No, ye not. No, ye not. You are the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Really, you are now the Ark of the Covenant. I know that scares some people. But gathered presence of God is all the Ark of the Covenant means. Where does God live today? He said, I, I've chosen not to live in place. He don't live in this building. Amen. If anyone ever comes in and says, I feel the anointing here, they feel the after. I believe the anointing can linger in carpet and cloth because it's just like a cloth. So they can, and we've had people come in here and say, I sense the presence of God. Well, that's just kind of like when Joshua was able to sense God's presence after Moses and God talked face to face. But God doesn't live here. You don't have to come here to find him. He's not living here. His presence can linger here, but he ain't living here. He lives in you. He lives in you. He lives in you. That's why the Old Testament saints are going to be lined up to talk to all of us. You may, you may want to know what was it like to walk across on dry ground, but they want to know what it's like for the creator to live on the inside of you. What was that like? So you are, 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 6, 19 says your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You, all of you, spirit, soul, and body, have been bought with a price, the blood of Jesus. Now look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You know, here in 1 Corinthians, the, you have to read this. Uh, uh, there's, 
King James is not as good a translation as some others in this area. The Corinthians, who, how many remember the Corinthians are the, the these were heathens. These were, he, I mean, everybody was, but these are heathen heathens. These were the sinners who knew how to sin. These were, their worship, we don't even want to talk about their worship. They used to worship by going to the temple and all kinds of stuff. In other words, sexual sin galore. Uh, eating things sacrificed to idols. Everything was around idol worship. And they've asked Paul questions, and then he's answering them by the Holy Ghost. But here, I don't have time. He's talking about meat is for the, uh, they said meat is for the belly and belly for the meat. Uh, but God destroys it both. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body. And God is both raised up, the Lord, uh, and will raise us up by his own power. Verse 15, know you not that your bodies are members of Christ. Maybe you thought just your spirit was a part of the body of Christ. It will help me and it will help you to realize this thing is not just a pile of whatever that one day we're going to discard. Your body, and, and, can I be real honest with you? And this one, this has helped me over the months and years, and it's helping me right now. Um, if you've ever had a bad view of yourself, how you look, how you feel, what you think other people are saying about you or thinking about you, whether you got a beautiful set of hair or, you know, the shingles are all gone, whether you're, you know, um, you know, Whatever size, shape, color you are, it doesn't matter. But what you do have to do is esteem your body. Because it's yours forever. And I know I made some of you very disappointed. Well, and if you've got scripture that says you get a, you get a brand new one in the fact that it, it's, it's alive and it'll be able to walk through walls and you'll be able to eat like Jesus did, hallelujah, no calories, whatever that, I don't understand all that. And we'll be able to go from here to there. But uh, you're going to be in your body. And again, I trust that it's the 22-year-old version of me and, you know, all the hair is there and maybe a few extra muscles from, my, you know, whatever. We can, we can put it in an order. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. But this is what I'm trying to get to. Know that your bodies, your body is a member of Christ. So if you have revelation of that, then you're not going to want your body just to do any old thing. And you're not going to down talk or make fun of I'm not talking about you making fun of anybody else. You should already not do that. You're a believer and you're mature. But I do know a lot of people self-talk and even make fun of themselves or talk bad about themselves. And you shouldn't do that because you're talking bad about a member of the body of Christ. And then he says, therefore, you should never take your body, which is Christ. Which has been, which is in union with Christ, and join it. Now it says, 
One place it says a harlot, right? But right there, this is that one place. <laughs> and make them members of a harlot. What does it say? God forbid. But you could just say, if people would get a realization very early, this is the temple of the Holy Ghost. My mamaw said, wise woman, Marky, wherever you go, you're taking Jesus with you. Will he want to go everywhere you take him? Well, that'll mess with a 13-year-old kid in a very good way. In a very good way. She used to always have some of those. Her favorite scripture. Oh, my gosh. The Bible says, come ye out from among them and be ye separate. If I heard that one once, I heard it 10,000 times. Had my grand, you know, Brother Hagen has his picture by Mark 11, 23 and 24. My mamaw has her picture by that one. But what, why, why are we talking about this? Because if sin besets you, you're not going to be able to run your race. If sin besets me, I'm not going to be able to run my race. I want to finish my race. What are some things that are going to help me do it? Well, if I see my body correctly, Understanding that it has lust. But you see, if you just concentrate on don't sin, stop that, quit that. If you tell me to crucify it, but you don't give me the spiritual answer, what, what am I doing? That's, that, I'm trying to do it by the law. I'm not talking about doing it on your own strength. I don't, you know, yes, willpower is good, but you need God power. You cannot do this without God. If you try to do this without God, you'll just be condemned all the time. You just feel ugh all the time because you can't. How do I know that? Well, they definitely can't do it in the world because sin or sin. They got their spirit, soul, and flesh all going the same direction. It's no wonder they're all crazy. But you and I are born again. We're supposed to be renewing our mind and doing something with our bodies. But the Holy Ghost always has an answer spiritually that will help us with our bodies. So your joint, what will help you to realize is I'm not going to join my body to anything that is not part of Christ. And you just be blissfully plain. That's why uh, when it comes to sex, the only people that ever should be joined is a man and a woman who are married legally and by God to each other. Thank you. To each other. Thank you. All right. Not to other people. Hallelujah. My wife always helps me out here. Hallelujah. All right. So, glory to God. Can you see that? So what are we supposed to be doing? We're presenting our bodies. Understanding, though, that our body is part of Christ. And if you understand that, then there should be a little more, oh, I can, this, this is part of Christ. And Christ means anointed one. I mean, you know, when, when you really need the anointing, uh, uh, you know, people don't like sometimes when we have wild meetings around here. But your flesh needs the anointing worse than anything. You know, every once in a while, the Lord needs to take me by the nap of the neck and run me around the room. He needs to throw me down on the floor and make me laugh a while. 
What am I doing? That's you, the anointing getting on your body. Your body is what needs it. Aren't you glad God's real? The Bible says in Romans, talking about the works of the flesh, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead will do what? Quicken your what? Your mortal flesh. Just so, you know, in case you don't, you know. Because uh, people use that for healing, and you can definitely use it for healing. But Romans chapter 8 um, says this in verse 13. If you live after the flesh, you're going to die. Notice he always talks about dying if you live after the flesh. That does not mean ceasing to exist. It doesn't mean you're not going to go to heaven. It just means you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. It means you're not going to be partaker of the things that God has for you while you're here on earth. It means you're going to live lower in, and you're going to yield to your lower life. You're going you're to yield to that carnal nature. It doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. Carnal Christians, what? They yield to their lower nature. They can never have the high quality of God, life that God ordained for them here on the earth. If you live up to flesh, you're going to die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you're going to do what? You're going to live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then back that up. How do you get there? But Verse 11. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, where is he dwelling? In your body. Everybody say, Jesus, by the Holy Ghost, dwells in my body. And the same power that raised Jesus up from the dead is making alive my mortal flesh. My flesh is alive unto God. It's not this old thing that, that, that's icky, that's bad, that ugh, I wish I didn't have it. I can't wait till I get rid of it. No, this is the carrier of God. It's part of the body of Christ. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you, and it'll quicken it. It'll make it alive. Hallelujah. I believe this. The glory will keep you young. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we got to present. How many know? Then 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. For as much as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For the he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Yay! Everybody say, I'm going to suffer for Jesus. But it's not sickness. It's not disease. It's not poverty. It's not confusion. It's nothing you've been redeemed from. But when you start telling your flesh no, you're going to suffer. Well, I don't have any trouble with my flesh at all. I doubt that very much. That probably means that you yield to it morning, noon, and night. Praise the Lord. How plain was that? Well, I don't have any trouble with my flesh. You liar. Everybody, well, I've just, you know, I just don't have a problem with it. Well, in some ways, in, unless you've really walked with God for a long time and you mean I have learned to keep that thing under control and I do it on a regular basis and I never let it get out of line. Okay, I agree with that. You can get there. How many know you can get there? And I agree with that. But someone to say, you know, I just don't even have any temptations. I don't ever have any problems. Unless you just have learned how to keep, but you're keeping it under on purpose. Amen. So you're going to have to suffer. What does that mean? You're going to have to deny. Request denied. <laughs> Permission denied. Not today. 
it's denied. And, and there are some times when you're tr the Lord's training you in this, he will have you deny some things that aren't even necessarily a sin. Permission denied. No. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Why? Well, for he has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. You can get to the place where sin no longer has dominion over you. Where you don't have to, you're not repenting all the time. Where you're not confessing all the time. You can live a life and go for days and weeks and months and, yes, years. Where you're just, you know, you, what though? You, you have suffered and you have put your body under and it is not in charge. And praise the Lord. Are you good? That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men but to the will of God. So uh, we, we traded that in. Okay. 2 Corinthians 7.1. 2 Corinthians 7, 1, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves, let us clean, ooh, cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Praise the Lord. Are you ready now? That was a good review. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. Okay, first let's stop here. What is the, only, what is the cleansing agent? Well, the blood of Jesus will do what? Will it? How many Bible know in 1 first, uh, first John chapter 2, uh, chapter 1, running into verse 2, the bottom, left hand of the page, running right down there. It says this, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, then the blood of Jesus will cleanse. That word cleanse is continual ongoing verb. So if I'll walk in the light or I'll walk in the word, how many know the word of God is a lamp unto your feet and a Unto your path, the word of God is the light. Jesus is the light. The word of God is the light. The more light you have, the more freedom you're going to have. You will know the truth or you will walk in the truth and the truth will keep and make and keep you free. So as you walk in the word, as you walk in the light, the blood of Jesus does what? It continually cleanses you from what? Unrighteousness. Therefore, if you grew up in a church um, where, like I did where everybody was always, and I make fun of it because it needs to be made fun of, the sins of commission and omission and permission and demission, and everybody was on a mission, and it was all about living in and practicing sin and keeping everybody condemned. Because if you believe that, there's nothing you can ever do to please God. Because you're always missing it somewhere. Your robe is always filthy somewhere. That's old covenant. That's the law. And Jesus came to fulfill the law. And his blood, praise God for the blood of Jesus. If you walk in the light. so But if I have light on something and I violate it. Sin is a violation of light. If I violate the light that I have and I on purpose sin, then I have an advocate. Aren't you glad we are never without hope? We're never without a way out. Thank God. We never have to be condemned. That if we will confess our fault... Our sin, he is faithful and just. What happens? The blood of Jesus kicks in again and cleanses you from all unrighteousness. So it's about righteousness and unrighteousness. And so sin puts you in unrighteousness. Walking in the light will keep you in righteousness. 
And then as you walk in righteousness, then you yield your, it all works together. Then I yield my members unto righteousness. If I yielded my member unto unrighteousness, I've sinned. But if I confess that sin, he's faithful and just to cleanse me from all that sin. And maybe, and even cleanse the, my, the instruments that did it so I can get back in righteousness. And it don't take days. It don't take years. It takes a moment of belief. Amen. Thank God for the light of the word of God. What else is a cleansing agent? Well, remember in Ephesians when he's talking about husbands and wives. He says, husbands, cleanse your wife with the washing of the word. Amen. With the washing of the word. So here, what are we talking about? We're talking about cleanse your, uh, having therefore these promised dearly blood. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. So what do I do? I take the word. we got to take the word then do our flesh. And take the word and give it a good scrub down. How do you do that? Well, just talk about who you are. Find out who you are in Christ. And, and, and confess that over you. It's, but it's not just your spirit. It's not just your soul. Your body. Your body. Cl- cleansing yourself with the washing of the word. Amen. And, and really helping one another. Uh, you, you have people around you that know how to cleanse you. What I mean by that is speak the word over you. That will help you get back on track. You don't need to hang out with people who tell you how bad you are and how you're never going to be enough and this and that. Or you're never going to arrive, da, 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 da. You need to hang out with people who believe in you. You need to hang out with people who love you. But they also hang out with people who know the word and speak the word. And then can help take that word and cleanse you. Encourage you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 11. I like these things. Let's see what I said about that. First Peter chapter two, verse eleven. I was going to read some of these, but um, dearly beloved. Again, I like the way it starts. Dearly beloved. That's like someone's like I love you, my friend. Please do this. Dearly beloved, I beseech you. What is that? I, I'm, I'm really, I, 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 everything within me wants you to listen to this. I beseech you. Listen to me. Please listen to me. You're a stranger. Today we would say you're an, an alien. Not, not a Vulcan, not a Klingon. You're a foreigner. Enough of you knew what I was talking about. You're a a stranger, a pilgrim. In other words, let's stop there. I'm not from here. In this season, um, a lot of stuff going on. I, I just dislike immensely people's first place is their nationality. Their appearance. As born again believers, um, we all have one father. We have a king. I don't need another one. I don't want another one. Those those people are going to come and go. But there's one that's never going. That's who I follow. Yes, I live here on the earth. 
And yes, I do care about some stuff, but not nearly as much as I know some other people, even some of my friends. I don't care. Get around me and they start talking that stuff. I, we change the subject so fast. I'd rather talk about fried catfish and hush puppies. And does it need tartar sauce or not tartar sauce? And can you dip a hush puppy into a tartar sauce? Yes, you can. I beseech you. See, I have a little bit of Alabama language in me. Give me a sweet tea. Hallelujah. But that's, that's not, this is not where I'm from. It's not where I'm from. I have a king. I have a language. It's the language of faith. That's my language. I have a passport. You may not be able to see it, but I am a citizen of heaven. With all the rights and privileges, I'm an ambassador from heaven, but I'm just passing through here. And if you keep that mindset, heaven mindset, eyes on Jesus mindset, Jesus my king, He's the one who rules and reigns in my life. Then you can abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your flesh. Everybody shout abstain. abstain. Let's look at this in the Amplified Classic. Let's put this one up. This one, this one really does it up good. 1 Peter 2.11, Amplified Classic. Beloved, I implore you as aliens, as strangers, as exiles in this world. To abstain from the sensual urges, the evil desires, they're real, and they're urges, the evil desires, the passions of the flesh, your lower nature. So anytime you have a desire, a passion in your flesh, it's from your former lower nature. And then you and I should quit being so mad at people who are sinners because it's all they know. They can't think right. They can't act right. Oh, I just don't believe that. You know, people in the church who are born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, talk in tongues and rhyme, do all that stuff, they can't, most of them can't even control their flesh because they don't know the stuff I'm teaching you right now. How do you expect someone who's not born again to do anything but yield to their lower nature? Well, we need more laws. That wage war against their soul. I implore you, be an alien. Everybody say, I'm an alien. I'm a stranger. You really are. Hallelujah. You're good. You're peculiar. Hallelujah. I'm an exile. Everybody say, I'm an exile. Say, I'm not from here. I'm not from here. See, that's, I'm not from here. I'm just not. A lot of times, you can see it in the natural. Um... When you go somewhere, let's say you move to the United States from Chile. And when you live in the United States, we as a culture, you know, have you ever heard the term ugly American? I don't want to have time to talk about it. But it's this um, thing about our ways are the highest and the best, and we're always right. 
Um, and, and so we have all, even when people take the gospel from here to other nations, I have to warn them, God didn't tell you to take our culture. He told you to take his word. Our, uh, anyway, but, you know, um, it's so funny. Like um, when, uh, uh, I think they did, you guys celebrated Thanksgiving, right? You didn't do it here? Oh, yeah, not, not there. Um, People, people would go to tell, what do you all do for Thanksgiving? They're like, what? Mm. What do you do for 4th of July? What? Mm. Oh, this is my favorite one. Um, what kind of Mexican food do you like? Mm. Uh-huh. I took you the first time because they spoke Spanish, and then the little kids didn't speak English yet. All right. But it's so fun. I said that Alfredo one time. I like um, because we love, we really do enjoy a good Tex-Mex. So he's like, you know I'm not Mexican, right? And I'm like, yeah, I know. He's like, well, nobody else does. You know, it's like just because someone speaks Spanish doesn't make them Mexican. And that means they don't like, they don't necessarily like tacos. But anyway, but you know what they did? They adapted to our culture and they had Thanksgiving. Because wherever you're at, you will tend to adapt to the culture. And you and I have to be careful that we don't adapt to this culture because it's not ours. I don't talk like that because I'm not from here. Now, in the natural, you're going to pick up things. I say all y'all now. I understand fixing and carrying. I used to not. When I started working at McRae's, we were covered up today. With what? Mm. You brought a blanket to work? What, what they meant was we were busy. Well, why didn't you just say that? Covered up. Where are you going to carry them to? Are you literally going to pick them up on your back and carry them? Why don't you just take them there? But anyway, stuff like that. So what do you do? I've picked up some lingo from here. It happens. It happens. But overall, we don't need to be picking up the culture of this world, its system, and who's in charge of it. Ever say, I'm not from here. Because if we yield back to that, what are we yielding to? The lower nature. And what's it doing? It's literally waging war. And so to ignore this and not think it's a big deal when your flesh is at war with you. Now, how many of you know you can subdue it? How? Have you been listening? You get to, you get to reign over it. Don't yield to it. Present your body. You get to, you get to make it suffer. You get to cleanse it. Abstain. I just abstain. I abstain from that. I'm not going to participate in that. Y'all with me? I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to participate. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, the word abstain also, it's like, um, how many have ever seen like in the United States, the House of Representatives? If you look at a vote, it'll say uh, some voted uh, yay, some voted nay, and some voted present, or what is that? They abstained. What does it mean to abstain? I'm not participating in this one. And so that's kind of be our, it has to be our life. I'm not participating. 
Your body wants you to participate. And we have to say, I'm not participating. Do you, can you do that on your own? Well, no, 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 no. How do you do that? I'm not from here. So you have a heavenly mindset. I'm strengthened with all might in my inner man because I'm, I'm from somewhere else. Um, I'm operating by the laws and the regulations of heaven where I'm from. Jesus is my Lord. Amen. And he's helping me. Glory to God. All right. Um, let's do this one. Uh, everybody say mortify. Woo! Romans 8.13. Romans 8.13. Let's put that one up. For if you live after the flesh, you're going to die. But if you through the spirit, through the what? So you can't do this on your own. Everybody say mortify. What does that mean? It just means kill it. Not literally, but keep it under. How are you going to do it? You're going to do it through the Holy Ghost. Let, let's, get it, let's get it sister. Um, Galatians 5.16. Skip one. Galatians 5.16. It says, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill. So what does your flesh want you to do? It wants you to fulfill the lust thereof. What does that want you to do? I, I want you, that your, the, the devil in your flesh wants you to yield. Uh, listen to me. I, I don't want you to belittle other people in different areas where you don't have a problem with. Everybody's flesh is different. And you can't be comparing yourself with anybody else. And if they tell you this problem that they have, you, you, you shouldn't belittle it. Because you don't think it's an issue. Because you don't have one with it. You know what? I have no issue with coffee. Some of you, now don't get mad at me. Are you addicted to, if you've got to have one, if you're traveling with me for eight hours and you've got to have a couple of them, or even, well, I can't go anywhere without my coffee. Well, well, you might have a problem. You shouldn't let anything have dominion over you. Hallelujah. But it could be anything. People automatically think of sex and sexual sins. But there's all kinds of sins against your body. Food can be a sin. Drink can be a sin. Anything that has control over you can be a sin. Anything you have to have. Praise the Lord. This is fun stuff. Only you people can handle this. Hallelujah. You got this. But how do I get rid of it? Well, I'm not going to do it with willpower. How am I going to do it? I'm going to do it with God power. Turn with me to James. Praise the Lord. James chapter 3. Let me see if I want to include this other one before I go on. Um, yeah, let's, before we go to James chapter 3, let's go back to Romans chapter 13, verse 14. Let's finish this up, and then we'll go to it. Romans 13, 14. I'm going to get you out of here. I was planning to get you out of here early, but it's not happening. But you put on the Lord Jesus. So what I got to do? How do, you put on, how do you put on Jesus? Well, you put on Jesus by putting on the word, by being a doer of it. Right? How, how do I put on this jacket? Well, I put it on. So in other words, I got to put on the word. I got to say what it says about me. Right? That's the biggest way to put on the Lord Jesus. That's the biggest way to put him on is to say what the word says, what he says about you. You put him on. What does that mean? I put on his character. I put on his nature. I put on his ways. How many know the Bible says uh, his ways are higher than your ways? It didn't say you couldn't figure them out. That's religion. Well, God's ways are higher. They are. 
but he gave them to you. His thoughts are higher. They're way higher. But he gave you all of them that you need. He ha- it says, but he has revealed them. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Right? Right? Can you know God's ways? Yes. He's so mysterious. He's not. His ways, I love that. His ways are beyond fathom, beyond finding out. That's just a bunch of religious baloney. He ain't you. (laughs) He's not us. But his ways are not beyond finding out. Every way that he acts, he, he, he told us, this is me. Act like me. Be an imitator of me. So everybody said, I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I do that, what do I do? I make no provision for the flesh. How do you put him on? You put him on through the word. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. So um, first verse is talking about people being teachers. You need to make sure that if you're a teacher that you know your teacher because you're going to get greater uh, scrutiny, greater, uh, you know, condemnation. You're going to get judgment. Uh, and so not everybody's supposed to be a teacher. But verse 2, for in many things uh, we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect or a mature man. And he's able also to bridle his whole spirit, his whole soul, his whole body. Why, why do we need to bridle our body? Because it's the one that got lust. It's the one that the devil comes to try to conceive with. It's the one that wants to, that's the part of you that wants to live in and practice sin. It's your flesh. It says, so if if you can get to the place where you don't offend or you're you're good with your words, uh, if you don't offend or you don't come up short in your words that you speak out of your mouth, you're a mature person. So a mature person in the body of Christ would be someone who, who speaks the word of God who knows how to control things with the Word of God. He's able also to bridle. You know what a bridle is? It's on a what? On a horse. What does a bridle do? It steers. When they don't want to go the way they, you want them to go, what does that bridle do? It takes their tongue, and it's a little bit painful for them, but it'll make them go where you want them to go. All right? Verse number 3. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they would obey us. And we turn about their whole body. Um, my uh, cousin, Davey, is more like an uncle to me. He had horses and stuff, and I watched him break them. And I had a pony uh, named Sam. He was a black pony with a white tail. And was it a white mane? And I loved that pony until the day I fell off of it, and then I would never ride it again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <gasps> But the point you're supposed to get here is what? You can control a big old horse with big old muscles who can take you wherever it wants if you're not in control. So your mouth can take you places that you don't want to go if you let it go free and there's no bridle in it. What does it say next? Behold also ships which though they be great, and we're talking about what? 
body. Why are we talking about body? Because that's where the lusts are. What are Hebrews 1 and 2? And what did Paul say in Corinthians? He said that, you know, uh, I got to keep my body under. Uh, what did Jesus say? What does the Word of God say? It says that, um, you know, we don't want sin to beset us and throw us off our race. We're talking about our race. The only reason we're talking about this is our destiny depends on us. Finishing our course, getting to where we need to go, has a lot to do with your body. And it's a lie that you can't do anything about it. Everybody has stuff. We could all, do you want to go through the room and everybody tell everybody your stuff? I didn't think so. We all got stuff, different degrees. But listen to me, no matter what it is, you can change it. How? Put on Christ. Number two, walk in the Spirit. Number three, this one really is the biggest one. It says, behold the ships, so they be great and driven with fierce winds. Even everything is crazy. Yet they are turned with a very small helm. A very small thing. It's like the, the, it's like the rudder is like the tongue even on a huge ship. Now the thing about turning, the bigger the ship is, the longer it takes to turn it. I've never seen a cruise ship do what a bass boat can do. I mean, you know, or a ski-doo. A big old cruise ship going to take a minute to turn it, and you may, as it's turning, you may not even recognize it. And that's why you can't give up on your words, especially gombose. It's a banshi kamoe. And the longer your flesh and the longer your mouth have gone in a certain direction, the longer it's going to take to show up in the natural that it's turned. But don't give up on the Word of God because it will see you all the way through. Amen? Even so, verse 5 says, the tongue is a little member. It boasts, boasts great things. Behold how great a, ma a matter a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity and the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets uh, on fire the course of nature and is set on the fire of hell. So, so listen to me. So if your tongue uncontrolled and people just say whatever they want, they don't realize that in their fallen nature that their words are powerful because you can't change that. Your words didn't come by, become just powerful when you became a believer and you start coming to this kind of church and you start hearing it. Your words were always powerful. Your words were always quiet. God made this up, not a preacher. Kenneth Hagin or Copeland or whoever did not invent this. They didn't. They discovered it in the Word and they taught it. But it's been taught before. Because it's in the Word. Jesus taught it. It's good. Jesus taught it. So, how do you change things? Your words. Go back. Verse 2. As we mature, we get more word in us. It's able, it's able to bridle your whole body. It's able to bridle your whole body. We'll just throw this one out because it's something that I've dealt with all my life. Always dealt with a little bit of weight issues or a lot of weight issues, depending on what season it was. 
Um, but, you know, eating right is good. Exercising is good. But anybody can do that. Are you with me? Anybody can do that. Your enemy is right under your nose. Talking bad about yourself. If I eat that, I'll wear it forever. If I eat that piece of pie, I'll gain 10 pounds. And I still do stuff like this, and I know better. And it's really not funny. Because you can talk yourself into victory, and you can talk yourself into bondage. Making fun of yourself. Making light of yourself. How you look. All that kind of stuff. Well, is, I'm not preaching clothesline here right now. I'm trying to help you with, because that's one that everybody deals with. I'm so skinny. There, I, there's, I, can't, I, can't, I can't gain any weight. Well, just the same way as someone who's overweight. You need to change the words of your mouth. Yes, are there natural things? Are you okay? Everybody okay? Woo! Natural things are great. But you and I have something, a revelation that other people don't have. And if we want to control our physical body, and you get good at this, then when a sickness or disease comes, uh uh-uh. That's my temple. That's my body. And this, with this, with the word of God, I, I have control over that. I can steer that. I can steer that. I can steer that. I'll steer myself right away from that nonsense, right away from that mess. Amen? What am I doing? So what shall we do? So, you know, and I know people say, listen, listen, these are things I've heard people say about words. Well, when I hear teaching on words, it puts me under condemnation. The more I hear about words, the more condemned I feel. I feel condemned when I, I feel condemned. I feel condemned. When I hear too much about words, I feel condemned. I feel condemned. I feel condemned. I feel condemned. Guess what? You get what you say. In other words, even if you don't understand it yet, just say what God says about you. Tithing. I don't know about the rest of you, but that just doesn't work for me. I tried it. It just doesn't work. I don't understand it. It doesn't work. You all give your money, and that's great, but tithing does. I don't understand it. It doesn't work. If I've ever seen it work, I don't know that it works. I just, I just, don't, think it do, I just I don't think it works. Doesn't work. Just doesn't work. Just doesn't work. And what happens? Just doesn't work. I'm not trying to be funny. Either we believe this or not. Is, is it, uh, um, speaking to mountains is only when you're in a critical situation and your life is on the line. Then we've got to make sure that uh, the words coming out of our mouth are just God's word. But all the rest of the time, it just don't really matter too much. No, this is the truth. If you don't on a regular basis, is, is everybody okay? I'm going to let you go. Oh, I see. I, some of you, it's, it's time to go, Pastor. It's time to go. I get it. Okay, now the rest of you know because you looked at the clock. Um, but if we just wait for the big moments, when those big moments come, you're not going to be ready. Listen to me. This is not a word of faith teaching. I, I, I don't like that. And yes, they call us the name it and claim it and blab it and grab it bunch. And then there's a, you know, a little witty response. But even that, not necessary. This is the word 
If you want to keep your body under, steer it. Speak what the Bible says about it. When that lust comes, the worst thing you can do is go silent. The worst thing you can do is go silent. I had a friend of mine who was a pastor. He was going through something. He called me on the phone. And this is what he said to me. Tell me everything we believe is still true. He's like, I'm, and I, I, I said, <laughs> he's like, I'm serious. Encourage me right now. Tell me everything we believe is still true. You've got to have some people around you. All right, preview, cut the suckers loose. I can't let you go. First Corinthians, I was going to let you go. First Corinthians 15.33, New American Standard. Do not be deceived. Bad company. This is not a, a junior high verse. This is not an ablaze verse. This is a everybody verse. Be, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. It is very important if you're going to live free in your flesh to not have people around you that are sucking the life of God out of you. That you are constantly having to cleanse yourself from what they say, what they think, the words they're giving you. And so when I heard this, it, it had a different applications. But even people that you let close around you, you've got to have people that encourage you. You've got to have people that strengthen you. you. You need some friends. You need four crazy friends who will lower you down through a roof when you need it. You need four crazy friends to tell you that that's not acceptable and you don't have to be that. That's not who you are. Amen. This is who you are. Amen. Amen. And, and you have to absolutely cut the suckers loose. you got to get rid of all the suckers out of your life. They suck the life of God out of you. There's people that you are called to minister to, but those shouldn't be your best buddies. And I know you can't get rid of your family. I get that. So I'm not talking about you running away from your family or whatever. But you got to surround yourself with people who encourage you, who strengthen you, and who help you. And then you got to cut the rest of them loose, so to speak, of uh, so everybody do it because it's a lot of fun. Everybody say, cut the suckers loose. And, and that's how really it will help your flesh. And you don't need to. You don't need to. Um, surround yourself. I'll never forget this. There was this one lady that came to our church, and we were really small. And she was trying to befriend uh, Pastor Ron. She doesn't go to her church here anymore. It's a long time ago. You won't know him. But this woman kept talking about Rhonda, about she wanted to pull the fun side out of her. Now, my wife, uh, when we got married, if you ever heard her testimony, the Lord told her she was going to have to uh, basically subdue her soul because uh, she can be a party in a box. I mean, she really is a lot of fun. She entertains us sometimes at home um, in different ways. But this woman, and Pastor Rhonda recognized it, this woman wanted to do this with her and take her here and do this. And what was she doing? She was trying to, because Pastor Rhonda is a spiritual woman and everybody needs to have a little fun. And so she was trying to pull on the flesh. Every, all of us have those kind of things. Well, we're just, we're just here to have fun. At the expense of what? I'm on vacation from God.
well, those are my two weeks, and, you know, I'll repent when I get back. This is a lot of fun. I don't know if it helped you, but I'm just as honest as I can be. I helped myself quite a bit. Hallelujah. I have to hear this stuff. We all have to hear this stuff. And other people need to hear this stuff. And I am as sincere as I can be. Thank you for believing God with me tonight. I was able to get a lot of good utterance. And uh, someday when you read a book, you'll say, hey, I was there. Hallelujah. Glory to God.